Well, good morning, everybody. So good to see you. Ash and I uh, have been away for the last couple of weeks. We were in, on vacation with some friends in Charleston and then in a wedding in California last weekend. So I have to say we've missed you. It's so good to be back. And um, you're an amazing and awesome church family. You know that? You're a bunch of world changers. Turn to the person next to you and say, hello, world changer. Come on. That's not just words. It's not just a nice thing to say. It's the truth and the reality of who the person is sitting next to you. Do you know that? The person next to you is dangerous in the Holy Spirit. It's full of the anointing and the glory of God. Assuming, of course, that they know Jesus. And if they don't, then they will know Jesus and they will become dangerous. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, you're amazing, Jesus. We worship you and we honor you. Gosh. Oh, I want to preach and I want to worship and I think I'm going to have to do, well, they're the same thing really, I suppose, but it's hard if you'll overcome. Holy Spirit, you're so good. Jesus, you are so kind. Father, you are so magnificent in the love with which you've loved us. I thank you that you are love, but you're not just love, but that you're love who loves us. just take a big drink of that oh yeah oh yeah over the last uh, two weeks ago we had um, some of our prophetic team release some prophetic words over us as a community for 2018 and first of all team those of you that uh, gave a word up on the Sunday and those of you that contributed to the words did an awesome job Thank you so much for hearing the Lord and for, uh, I watched the, 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 the YouTube. If you haven't watched the YouTube from the first Sunday of the month, then I really highly recommend it, particularly uh, at the middle section where the, the, the word of the Lord was released and then Kate preached a brilliant message on the word of the Lord. And, and it, it, those words are there not just to give us platitudes, but they're actually to wage war with. You know, Timothy, Paul says in 1 Timothy chapter somewhere he says take this the the prophetic words by which you wage the good warfare the wage the good fight right those are things to lay hold of and so I just want to recap those before I jump into the message you know we had this prophetic word so I you know there was eight I think freedom super acceleration restoration double Women and the races coming forward and reconciliation. Harvest and breakout beyond the church. Sifting, war, separation of light and darkness and launching. We're going to be putting those together and hopefully making them available to you. But I've got my challenge to you this morning is what have you done with those words already? I don't know if you caught that word, but it was super acceleration. I don't know if you caught the word, but it was freedom. Freedom. I don't know if you caught it, but it was restoration. Now you put those two together. You don't wait till the end of the year to receive. You will receive now. You don't wait till the end of the year to press hold of it and to lay hold of it and to say, hey, that word was for me. But I look back and nothing happened. Well, and nothing happened because you didn't press into it. And so I want you to know, it's time to press in. I'm trying not to look too freaky, but I'm excited. Get my freak on, right? Yeah. 
It's time to not hold back. Don't hold back. The word of the Lord is coming to us, not because so that we can sit back and say, isn't it great to be in a church that's full of prophets? Which it is. Because I love the word of the Lord. But it's for you. It's for freedom. It's for breakthrough. It's for now. Now. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow. Today. All that you have, all that you need in Christ is in you today. I'm pressing in for it. I have to tell you that. I'm having demons coming out. Because I'm like, I can see that there's so much more for me. Why would I hold back? Yeah. And you know, all the tools that I have, I have in Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so I'm, I, I want to preach from Ephesians chapter 2 this morning. Now listen, as we come to this passage, and I'm going to read it to you in the Good News translation, I've got to just set the scene or lay the tone out for you, okay? So here's the thing. We come to a passage like this of Ephesians chapter 2 verses 1 to 10, and we think, oh, I can probably recite this. I've read it so much for many of us, it's going to be the favorite passage of scripture. You know, we can probably recite it. We can probably tell you the chapters and verses and say all the words. And some of us maybe even tell us what the Greek meant. But here's the thing. If it's not true for you, it's just religion. If it's not your experience, it's just your thoughts. If you're not living in the reality of it, then it is absolutely dead works to you. And so as we're coming to this passage, here's what I want you to do. I want you to come at it like a baby. As if you were hearing it for the first time. As if you're, and then saying, Holy Spirit, whatever is not my reality, make it my reality. Because I'm talking about the reality of who we are in Christ. As we read this passage, we're going to see the reality of what we were, but what we are no longer. Because now we're in Christ. And it's not just a mental thing that says, oh, I'm seated with him in heavenly places. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's a reality. And if it's not your reality, you're living in a virtual reality. Time to get rid of the virtual reality of your life and step into the reality of heaven that's already on the inside of you. Come on. Come on. There's no point in hanging around. Okay, so Ephesians chapter 2, before I jump ahead and... Yeah. Okay, so I've asked the crew if you could put it up with, um, there we go. So I'm reading from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 10, and I'm reading it in the Good News translation. You know, I once used to think in my pride that that wasn't a very good version to read, that I should read a better version. Anyone have that? You know, pride, probably. If you don't, you're lying to yourself. But I read it and it just jumped out to me. So here, I want us to read it together. In the past, you were spiritually dead because of your disobedience and sins. At that time, you followed the world's evil way. You obeyed the ruler of the spiritual powers in space or in the heavenly realms. The spirit who now controls the people who disobey God. Actually, it's not just you, it's all of us. We're like them. 
and lived according to our natural desires, doing whatever suited the wishes of our own bodies and minds. In our natural condition, we, like everyone else, were destined to suffer God's anger. John Athan preached a message, if you remember, on God's big butt. Here it comes, God's big butt. But, 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 God's mercy is so abundant. And his love for us is so great. That while we were spiritually dead in our disobedience, he brought us to life with Christ. His love for us is so great. Some translations, the ESV says that um, because of the great love with which he loved us. Love isn't just a concept, it's an action of God into your heart, into your life. Because of his great love, that while we were spiritually dead in our disobedience, he brought us to life with Christ. It is by God's grace that you have been saved. In our union with Christ Jesus, he raised us up with him to rule with him in the heavenly world. He did this to demonstrate for all time to come the extraordinary greatness The extraordinary greatness. Let's say that together. Extraordinary greatness of his love. Actually, the better translation would be kindness. That's what the word means there, not love. The the kindness, the extraordinary greatness of his grace in the kindness or the love he showed us in Christ Jesus. For it is by God's grace that you have been saved through faith. It is not the result of your own efforts, but God's gift, so that no one can boast about it. Get this, God has made us what we are. And in our union with Christ Jesus, he has created us for a life of good deeds, which he has already prepared for us to do. What a glorious word. What a glorious word. Please don't come to this passage thinking, I get it. Well, maybe you do. Come and I'll hand you the microphone because I'm not sure I'm fully there yet. I won't give it, don't worry. If we can almost recite the passage and yet it hasn't pierced our identity, it's just a theology. And so listen to this. This was my existence. And this was your existence. I was spiritually dead. I was disobedient to God and a sinner. As a result, I was spiritually dead. I followed the world's evil way. I was enslaved to the devil and tied in under the second heaven. The Bible talks about there being the third heaven, which is the realm of God, the second heaven, which is the realm of the, of the you know, other spiritual beings, and then the natural heaven, which is what we see. So, the, so we're tied into the second heaven, enslaved under what the Bible calls the prince, in this passage, the prince of the power of the air. That's where we were enslaved. We were stuck, capped off, unable to move, dead. I followed the world's evil ways. I was enslaved to the devil and tied in under the second heaven. I lived according to my natural desires. I did whatever suited the wishes of my own body and mind. I was by nature the subject and target of God's wrath. Wrath. (laughs) 
This is not me now. This, if you're in Christ, is not you now. But so often, we kind of live like that. Right? So often, we kind of live like we're a little bit enslaved. Not totally. We won't, you know, we're not going to say we're totally enslaved. But we're a little bit concerned about the war, what the world thinks about us. We're a little bit tied into the world system to varying degrees and measures. We're a little bit under the control of the demonic if we haven't kicked the demons out. We're a little bit in control, under the control of our flesh. We're a little bit spiritually dead to the, to the Lord because we're living in a virtual reality that looks like our old life when we're actually called to live in a new life. We're a little bit living according to our natural desires. If you admit that to yourself... There's probably more of what I am now not in my life than I really care to want. Right? And I have to tell you that I don't want to live like that at all. Put your hand up if you want to be enslaved to the devil. Trick question. Yeah, you were just about to put your hand up before it was... Should listen to the question. Who wants to be beholden to the world? Whoa, I'm tricking you, I'm tricking you, I'm tricking you. Who wants to be enslaved to their flesh? Who wants to be dead to heaven? Who wants to be closed off to heaven? Who wants to be shut off from the life of God? Of course, none of us want to do that. Why do we tolerate that? Listen, I want you to know that I'm preaching to myself. I'm kind of letting you in on what the Holy Spirit is doing in my life. And I'm not standing here from a position of saying, you miserable people. I'm actually pressing in. Why? Because it's my inheritance. And why now? Because super acceleration. And why now? Because there's a promise of freedom. Why now? Because there's restoration of all the years that the locusts have eaten. Why now? Because there's double. I mean, if you don't need another reason other than that you're seated in heavenly places, have those reasons. Okay, listen, this is now, okay, that is not who I am, although there's more of that than I care to imagine. And you know what that is? That's a process in the, that's going on in the mind where the reality of my mind, of who I think I am, is actually, and who I am, is actually carrying up, catching up with the reality of who God's already made me to be, right? Because this is who God's made me to be. I have been, and you, if you know Jesus, you have been made alive in Christ. You have been saved by being united with the Messiah, the anointed King, the one who's anointed with heaven, the one who's anointed with the Holy Spirit. You've been saved by not your own effort, but by your union with the anointed Messiah King. 
You've been saved and alive in Christ. You've been raised up in honour. You've been seated in a resting position with Christ Jesus in the third heaven. Which means you're above the second heaven and you're sitting in the third heaven. Which means that Jesus, who is the ruler of all and who has, as he was ascended to heaven and he was glorified, Jesus had all things put under his feet, including the enemy. And we are now no longer bound in the second heaven, but sitting in the third heaven. Okay? We're seated, raised up in honour, seated in a resting position. You sit when you rest. Okay? I'm sorry if I'm shouting and getting excited, but there we go. We're ruling in authority, in relational co-regency with Jesus. Co-regency. You know that's a big word for basically saying co-kingship. Right? You're seated and ruling in authority through your relationship with Christ Jesus. Because you're in union with him. And you're created for cooperation with and co-completion of the good works of Jesus Christ. That have been prepared for you already. Do you know what? From here to eternity, there's a long line of good works just like buses stacked up ready to go you know you go to a, the middle, a school and where they park all the buses and all the buses are all there parked and they're just waiting for the moment where they get the you know when there's no snow or even a little tiny bit of ice and they get the release and off they go and they drive off to their schools and they're all waiting and they're in line and then off they go that is the, your life from here to there in Christ Jesus is Good work, good work, good work, good work, good work, good work. Indeed. Okay. I just want us to look at this, take this for a moment. It's not because of our own doing. You know this, but I want just to nail it into you. Holy Spirit, please nail it into them because I can't. Because of the mercy kindness, love and grace of God expressed to me through the Lord Jesus Christ. Four powerful words, God's action flowing out of his being. In other words, the words that we describe of what God's doing for us is because it's who he is to us. So he's mercy, he's abundant mercy. You know, if something is abundant, it means it's plentiful. It means that you can go anywhere and find it. You don't have to go hunting and looking for it, it's there. It's abundance, like you go, you know, we've just been in California, there's not many trees. You come to not Raleigh and there's like an abundance of trees. Everywhere, until they knock them down to build something, which is very irritating. Maybe. Progress is good. But there's an abundance of trees. Came home, there's an abundance of snow. You don't have to go very far and you find the abundance. God is abundant in mercy. In other words, everywhere you go when you need mercy, it's right there. God is kind. He's kind. In other words, what he wants for you is your good. 
He wants to bless you. He wants to see you succeed. He wants to see you prosper. He wants to see you come into the fullness of who he's made you to be and created you to be. He's kind. All is the intentions and inclinations of his heart, the energy of his heart, the whole focus like a laser beam coming to our lives is what? The kindness of God. Love in action towards us. Love, as I said, with which he loved us. The amazing, glorious love of God that we sung about this morning. And then the, listen to this. Extraordinary greatness of his grace. The extraordinary greatness, the abundance grace, the free gift of righteousness, the love of God that he loves us, not because of the things that we've done, but because it's in his own heart to love us. Despite us. Not because of us, despite us. And you know what? Here's the thing. In verse 7, in the, new, in the uh, Good News translation, he says that he did this, which is to raise us up with Christ in love and grace and kindness and mercy. He did this to demonstrate for all time to come the extraordinary greatness of his grace in the kindness he showed us in Christ Jesus. Do, do you know, for all of eternity, this, the grace that's, that what's going to be spoken about is the grace of God that took us as miserable sinners dead and hating God and made us to be somebodies in Christ Jesus that raised us up and seated with us with him in Christ and made us to be full of good deeds and to walk in the power and the authority and the anointing of the Holy Spirit and all of heaven for all of eternity is going to be going what how is that even possible you use that dude Murray Smith you use him what Did you see how shabby he was? Did you see what a mess he was? Did you see what a basket case he was? Did you see how much he was dead? Did you see how much he hated you? And you took him and you made him into something? What? What? And you didn't just make him into something. You made him yourself. You joined yourself to him. That's a head scratcher right there. You joined yourself to him and you seated him with you in the heavenly places and you allowed yourself, you shifted over a little bit on your throne and you allowed him to sit next to you. What? And you gave him your authority? Are you mad? No, you're full of grace. It's an abundance of grace. It's the immeasurable, extraordinary, glorious grace. Ah! God has made <laughs> Well, you know, I've got to give you a bit of humor somewhere. <laughs> My voice is just breaking. By the way, I forgot to say it earlier, but happy birthday to Sarah tonight just now. It's her birthday today. 14 today and Hannah was 22 yesterday so birthday season in our house we're almost through it but we've got a great celebration anyway (laughs) Jesus where was I grace grace that you moved over and you seated us you made room you seated us with you seated them with you in the heavenly places 
and you gave your authority and you gave your power and you gave them your works and you let them do the job that you wanted to do that only you can do and you let them do it your grace is blowing it's mind-blowing it's extraordinarily wonderful it's extraordinarily beautiful and it's going to take all of eternity for heaven to go wow you took those I was going to say North Carolinians but we're not all North Carolinians but those guys living in Raleigh Durham, Chapel Hill wherever they were from an eclectic ragtag bunch of people beautiful as they were miserable sinners as they were and you made them alive (laughs) and you didn't just shine them up and make them a better version of themselves you made them like you completely new like you Jesus and you identified with them so much that they became one with you That is mega. Wow. So he goes on to say, how do we do this? Well, it's by faith. And this is the gift of God. More good news. Your faith on your own sucks. You haven't got what it takes. But you've got good news. You've got Jesus' faith. Now, how good is that? The good news just keeps on rolling in. Rolling in. And so what is salvation? Salvation is life. What is life? Well, it's God's life. It's not just that you have a breath. It's not just that you were dead, no breathing now. I've got life. And I can walk around with a nice breath no it's actually the life of Christ in you not uh, help me to explain this Lord it's not just Christ's living in other words it's not just that you get to breathe it's Christ's life which is his energy and his life and his anointing and his freedom and his glory and his beauty and his purpose and his destiny and his provision and his calling and his authority and his whole being the essence the nature of his being his life for all of eternity is now mine and yours abundant life the life that is the light of men, as it says in John 1.14. A life of union. And from that life of union, a life of rest. A life of authority. A life of receiving what we need. A life of good deeds. A life shaped by God. God has made us what we are. Now here's the thing. What are we? It's not the version that we think about ourselves when we think about all of our shortcomings, failures and weaknesses. It's not the version that we think about ourselves when we think, oh man, I blew that bit, or oh, or, oh man, I just should have done that, or oh, I just, you know, I didn't do this, or it's not the version that says, hey, I'm just awesome and I'm amazing and I can do whatever I like because I'm just good, I'm, I'm just, you know, it's not those versions. It's not the version that we naturally think of ourselves in the natural mind. It's actually the version of who God says we are in Christ Jesus, united with him in Christ Jesus. What are we? We're Christians. The term was first used in uh, 
Antioch in the Bible, in uh, Acts 13, somewhere around there, right? And they called them Christians as a derogatory term. Do you know what it meant? It meant little Christs. Little did they know that they were prophesying the truth because Christ means anointed one. And you are an anointed one. You have the life of Christ in you. You are seated in the heavenly places far above all principality and rule and power and every name that can be named. You are far above all principality, all authority. You are full of God. God has made you who you are, the complete version of who you are, united with Christ, co-alive, co-seated, co-reigning, co-completing, co-operating, co-missioned, co-honoured, co-loved, co-loving, co-natured, co-destined, co-minded. That's a lot of coing. You've got to co before you go. God has made us what we are. The extraordinary greatness, as I said before, of his grace manifests extraordinary greatness in us, which leads the angels and the heavenly beings to be in awe of God for all eternity on just how gracious he is. So in our union with Christ, he has created us for a life of good deeds. He has a dream for you to fulfill. He has a dream for me to fulfill and he has a dream for us to fulfill. And we fulfill it by the power of the Holy Spirit. And it comes down to, I want you to see, it comes down to our union with Christ. In our prayer meeting this morning, we were praying and, and, and Danny and Kerry were leading and they were praying and leading us into a place of praying for fruitfulness. You know, our fruitfulness comes from our union with Christ. We were praying for your fruitfulness. We were praying for our fruitfulness because our fruitfulness comes from that place of union with Christ, of being united with him. It's how much, so we know that, but how much do we experience it, believe it and live in the reality of it? I can say to you tomorrow, I can quote you this very verse and say, I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places, but am I living like that? Every place we don't live united to Christ, we live short of who we are. So if God has made us alive with Christ, why do we sometimes live as if we still need to come alive? If you've made us Jesus, if if the Father has seated us with Christ in a position of rest, why do we still run around as if we have to prove ourselves? As if we're not good enough. If he's made us to reign with Christ, why do we put up with living in fear, timidity and defeat? If he's created us to live in the heavens and see in the spirit, why are we content to live in the natural? If he's created us to do good works through our union with Christ and we focus on what we haven't done and what we've done wrong and our lack of good works, why would we do that? If seeing and believing comes first, which it does, our behaviour follows. So my prayer this morning and for this year is that we begin to actually see, I begin to see, you begin to see, we begin to see truly who we are in Christ Jesus you know, the only excuse for us to live below who we are is that we are too passive to pursue the Holy Spirit to bring us fully into Christ. 
that we're too passive, that we like the virtual reality that we live in. That we're accepted that our minds are just okay and we don't need any transformation because we're just going to carry on our natural normal lives, living the way that everyone else lives. But we don't need to do that. We actually have the opportunity because it's already been won for us in Christ. And the reality, if you could take a step out of your life and you could look at your life, you would see that you're actually already seated in heavenly places with Christ. You're already co-joined with him and co-living with him. You're already co-reigning with him. It's just that we down here on this little plane, we don't think it's true. Or we live like it's sort of a theology that we can quote, but we don't experience the reality of it. And so how do we get there? Well, before we do that, let me just quickly talk about the good deeds. The good deeds. I love the fact that he doesn't give us a prescription. He just says, hey, you've been created for a life of good deeds. So what does that look like? I asked the Holy Spirit, Lord, what are the good deeds that you've created us to do? And he said, the good deeds are wide open. From a small act of kindness happened to us yesterday one of our children got caught uh, slipped off the road in the snow we got stuck in the snow we we're trying to pull them out and somebody just drove along saw that we were in trouble drove home got a rope came back pulled us out just an act of kindness a good deed from an act of kindness to laying hands on the sick and seeing them healed to a city or a nation altering, altering business idea. Whatever it is, God doesn't define it actually. He just says it's all good deeds and I've created you for them and this is what I want for you. So I want you to do the small and I want you to do the medium and I want you to do the big because that's what I've got for all of you. Okay? A nation or city altering business idea. You don't, he, he deliberately doesn't define it. He keeps it wide open so that we don't have a formula to follow. Because you know us, we're going to want to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Is this a good deed? Mm, 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 tastes good. Nope, oh, I don't like that one. But we're actually called to eat from the tree of life, which is an abundance of good deeds. Maximum fruitfulness comes when we're operating from our union with Christ. appointed us to bear fruit, fruit that will last, and it's to his Father's glory. You know that God is glorified when you're fruitful. Do you think God wants glory? Yeah? So he wants you to be what? Completely unfruitful, miserable, and doing nothing with your life so that he can get maximum glory. No. He's already demonstrated the goodness in his grace to bring us alive. Now he wants to demonstrate his glory by making us super and abundantly fruitful. Okay, so how do we get there? So I've been asking the Lord, this is my little journey over the last few weeks. I feel like I could preach for another three hours. But anyway, I'm getting there. My story, my journey over the last week or two. The Holy Spirit has just been doing a number on me. He's been like, hey, Murray, there's fear there. Hey, Murray, there's unbelief there. Hey, Murray, there's a bit of lust there. Hey, Murray, there's a bit of unworthiness there. Hey, Murray, there's a bit of rejection there. Hey, Murray, there's a bit of abandonment there. Hey, Murray, you're acting like a bit of a victim sometimes. And it sounds really funny and it's miserable when you're on the inside of it. 
And so I'm there, I'm like, okay, Holy Spirit. Uh, you know those moments when you become painfully aware of your weaknesses and your shortcomings and your failures? Oh, don't you love those moments? I'm growing to love them because in that moment, I'm like, okay, Holy Spirit, thank you for healing. Jesus said the Holy Spirit is going to come and he's going to guide you into all truth. So I'm like, oh, goody, Holy Spirit, here's another opportunity for you to guide me into truth. I can't wait for you to guide me into this truth. <sighs> Except between me and there, there's some things called renewing your minds and possibly some deliverance. <laughs> oh, yay. Oh, yay, oh, yay, oh, yay. So I'm merry going along. Okay, Lord, okay, you're going to deal with freedom. Uh, fear, okay, 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 okay. You want me to be free, right, okay, yeah, because, because I can see the reality of where you've called me to be. I've, I can see that you call me to be seated in heavenly places that have the authority of Christ, and yet I'm living so far below where I need to be sometimes that I'm like, you know, bumping along the ground. <laughs> Failure to launch, Right? And so I'm like, okay, Holy Spirit, I'm here, I'm here. And you know, honestly, I've been operating with a little bit of pain in my chest for quite a while. And I'm just going to get a bit vulnerable with you, if that's all right. And it's a deep, deep pain. It's a gnawing pain. And I'm like, what is that? And I feel it every now and again. And I, I, it's like, Lord, is that fear? What is it? What is it? What is it? And so I'm like, he's like, okay, Murray, you know the step, you know the tools, you know, you have the anointing on the inside of you. Hey, let's go after that together. You want to have a bit of fun? So, you know, I'm pursuing healing. Not because it's the right thing. Well, it is the right thing to do. but Not because I just want to be a slightly less miserable person and a better husband and a kinder father and a better colleague and maybe a better leader. That's got to lower my priority. <laughs> Not true. But actually I'm pursuing that because I've suddenly, like I've not seen it before, got this revelation. Why would I live short of who God's made me to be? And so it looks like this. You know, so some, some, let me back up a bit. Sometimes we need people to help us get unstuck, right? Sometimes I, I know for me, one of the things that I, I had to get unstuck from was so deep that actually I, I met with Stephen and Lisa and they gave me, we did Sozo together and it, and it helped unblock something that was so deep that I couldn't access it myself because it was too painful. Yeah, Stephen and Lisa, do you want to stand up so everyone can see you? Sozo champions here in the church. And so we can have people like Stephen and Lisa Sozo that can help us overcome. That we have, I've been to HeartSync, which is Joanne and her team. Joanne, you want to stand up? And anyone that's involved with HeartSync, please stand up. And, you know, we're, we're, and Pamela, thank you. And, you know, we, I, I, I've gone, and, and Darwin and Bev, I remember going to Darwin and Bev um, at some point and saying, I need help. Help me overcome. And then, of course, there's the restoring the foundations. It's just all just healing, healing modalities, right? It's just somebody who has a technique and a tool that says, I, I can go to and say, hey, I'm stuck. Please help me. So RTF, I don't know if Laurie and Steve are here, but uh, they've got um, an RTF couple joining the church, and that's amazing and awesome. Anyone else been involved in RTF? You can stand, please. I saw your hand, John. You can stand. Thank you. You might not want to say it's me because I don't want to have anyone to come and see me afterwards. <laughs> There's RTF, which is, and it's just, it's, they're all just tools to say, I'm stuck, please help me. 
Actually, I've been listening to Erica's. So Erica gave me some material on freedom from fear. Awesome material, Erica. Convergence, spiritual cleansing. Is that right? You're my dad. So you can stand up as well, please, Erica. It's been amazing stuff. Thank you. And so I've got all these friends and I've got all these tools and I've got all this opportunity and I've got no excuse. Sometimes it's just more fun to be miserable. Sometimes it's just more fun to, to be a victim. Said no one ever. Okay, so, so I want to recommend those. If you feel stuck and you can't get through and you can't get breakthrough, any one of those ministries are amazing and awesome and definitely worth your while. Please don't sit around doing nothing. There's too much of heaven crashing in on us to sit around and say, oh, hopefully someday we'll get sorted out. Today is the day. Freaky eyes coming back again. That's right. Take responsibility for yourself. But for those of you, sometimes for some of us, there's like lesser issues or we've got a little bit more understanding and then we start to, you know, we can do it ourselves. DIY healing. DIY mind transformation. Woo! Woo! You know, Paul says in Romans 12, be transformed, what? By the renewing of your mind. In other words, the battleground is up here. The difference between where you're currently living and where you should be living because you're already seated in Christ is because of your mindset. And so what needs to change? Not your position. Not your circumstances. Not the person that you're married to. What needs to change is stinking thinking. Every bit of thinking that doesn't line up with the truth of who God is. Right? And so yesterday... I'm reading this book. I'm just going through. I'm looking for another book. Uh, and I'm, I look and I see Bill Johnson's Supernatural Power of the Transformed Mind. Is that what it is called? Anyway. So I'm, I'm reading the first chapter and all of a sudden I'm starting to feel constricted. Ever experienced that? It's like starting to go slightly dizzy. What the heck is going on? Don't like it. And I'm reading this book, and if you don't have a theology for Christians being able to be influenced by demons, I'm very happy to talk to you about that afterwards. Okay? And I'm reading this book, and all of a sudden I start to get these pictures of, of some stuff that had been going on in my life. I don't even quite know what it was, but it related, felt like it related back to when I was young, and it was witchcraft. Somebody prophesied about that last two weeks ago, didn't they? And all of a sudden I'm like, witchcraft, you get off me in Jesus' name. And so I apply my tools. What, I, what do I know? Well, I know that I need to forgive. That forgiveness binds me in. So I want to just be really practical. This is now you transforming your mindset from where you are to where God has made you to be already. Forgiveness is very, very important. And you go through the specifics and you say, I forgive. And I ended up forgiving, you know, a number of people in this room on multiple occasions, you know. <laughs> you're welcome. I hope you're feeling the effects of it. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
and I'm going through forgiveness and I'm forgiving the people that the Holy Spirit's bringing to mind because all of a sudden what's coming up on the inside is the random spontaneous thoughts of heaven that's saying, hey, what about this person? Hey, what about that? Hey, what about this? And so I'm forgiving and I'm, and I'm, I'm saying, Lord, would you, would you forgive me for holding on to unforgiveness? And so I'm then moving from forgiveness to repentance and I'm saying, Lord, I see I'm repenting on behalf of myself and any generations past back, anything that's hindered me, Lord, I want to change my mind. Repentance isn't just for when you're born again. Repentance is for any time your mind doesn't line up with the truth of who God says you are. Don't hold on to it. Turn around, about face, and move as quickly as you can back to Jesus. Right? And so I'm repenting. I'm asking Lord to change my mind. I'm turning directions. I'm the Lord, help me to think what you think. And then I'm saying, I'm applying my will and saying, I don't want this witchcraft in me. I don't know where it came from. I don't know what's going on, but I don't want it because I can feel it right here and it's constricting me and I don't like that. Plus, I'm not in the second heaven. I'm in the third heaven. So get out of me, second heaven. And so I'm like casting the thing out and I'm applying my will. You know that you have authority because you're seated with God, Christ in heavenly places. So I have authority and I'm standing in, standing in my authority and I'm saying, demons, get out of me in Jesus' name. And I'm forgiving and I'm repenting and I'm saying, demons, get out of me in Jesus' name. And then I'm thinking about Jesus and Legion. There you go. 2,000 demons he cast out, maybe. There's certainly 2,000 pigs that went down the hill after he cast out demons. No, I mean, I don't mean this respectfully, but no, disrespectfully, but no RTF, no Sozo, no Heart Sink. Just the power of God. Just the authority of heaven. I'm like, Jesus, if that's good for you and you're inside of me, then I have that authority to whatever the legion is in here, I'm going to cast it out. And I did. I'm sorry if that diminishes you, me in your eyes, because as one of your leaders, you have a demon. You know what? It's better out than in. I have to tell you, I feel a lot happier today than I did yesterday. And so I prayed and I, and, I, and I got the book back out and the demon went and I knew it went because it, I had a physical reaction. We'll go no further than that. So I, I thought, right, I'm going to test this out. So I get Bill Johnson's book out and I read the same passage. I feel nothing. Glory. But I still feel a pain. So I'm like, hmm. So I go at it again. More deliverance. I can still feel it again. So, but I'm tired by this point. It's like 11 o'clock at night. I'm like, I'm meant to be preparing my sermon and all I'm doing is getting rid of demons. What the heck? Best sermon prep ever. That's right. <laughs> Better out than in. So I, but I couldn't get rid of it. So I got rid of one, another one. Go to bed feeling all constrained. This morning, wake up feeling a little bit. I'm like, I don't want this. I don't need it. I actually don't have to put up with it. I don't have to tolerate with it. I actually can just kick it out because I have authority in Christ. So I did what I need to do. I confessed my sin. I repented. I forgave. I cast the demon out. Another demon went out. Yeah. Onions. We're like Shrek. Ogres. We're like onions, you know. 
and another layer coming off. Peel the onion, it's stinky and nasty. But sweet when you get to the court. No, I'm just joking. Makes you cry. Actually makes all, around, all those people around you cry, doesn't it? <laughs> and so, am I free? Freer. Yeah, thanks. And um, I have good news for you. There's hope. Hope is in the air. Everywhere I look around. Hope is in the air. Every sight and every sound. Wow. I tell you what, one of those demons that came out must have been fear of man. And listen, listen, I thank you. I appreciate your, your uh, applause and standing up. I'm not telling you this to big note myself, as we would say in Australia, right? I'm not telling you this because I want you to, um, please don't come up to me and go, hmm, I haven't seen much difference. Did you really get rid of the demon? Okay. Leave that to me and the Lord, if you would. But what I do want to say is don't hold on to it any longer. It's better out than in. Let it go, let it go, you can't hold me back no more. Let it go, let it go. Come on, sing with me, everybody. No, I'm just joking. But seriously, you have authority. You're seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. You're co-reigning with him. You're co-ruling with him. And yes, the enemy comes against us. But Jesus said, he said, the enemy is coming and he has no hold in me. And my desire and my passion is that, that I shut all of the open doors that give the enemy access. Because you know that the enemy only has access because I'm in Christ. He only has the access that I allow him to have. And I allow him to have it by my ungodly beliefs, my deceptions, my bitterness, my anger, my hatred, and all the other things that go on. So if I repent of those and I release forgiveness and I ask the angels and Jesus and the Holy Spirit and whoever else and I shut the door, then they're gone. And I don't want you, as my friends, to be bound like that. Shut the door! That's the word, yeah. I'm glad that I've been preaching for 45 minutes and you get that word, then that's the end of it. That's good. Shut that door! Okay. So I'm going to finish with this. I want you to, I want to invite you to stand, please. So Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, we welcome you. The sevenfold spirits of God, the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of revelation, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of um, counsel, the spirit of might, the spirit of the fear of the Lord. We welcome you, sevenfold spirits of God. And we call you in. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would fill us and that you would flood us 
and Holy Spirit that you would cause the pressure on the inside of us, the love that you're pouring out in us, the abundance of grace, the free gift of righteousness, the kindness of God, the mercy, the abundant mercy, that you would cause that pressure that in a godly way to become so powerful in us that it expels and expunges every demon within us, every ungodly belief and every dominant thought that we would no longer live down in where where we've been living, that you'd be set us free. Jonathan had this word in pre-service prayer that we're not just free from, we're free to. And so Lord, that we would be free from all the things that hold us back and we would step into the reality of the freedom, the glorious freedom of the sons of God. And so we welcome you, Holy Spirit. I want you to take a moment in your heart, if you want to do that, to say, to put everything on notice, to say, Lord, I am no longer going to be passive. I'm going to step in. I'm going to believe you for breakthrough. And I am going to seek, if I need to, seek healing. I'm going to seek deliverance. I'm going to seek counsel. And I'm stepping in because you have won this for me. So if that's you, just speak it out. I'm not going to give you words. Just use your own words to do that. Yeah. Yeah, so we're getting rid of fear. We're stepping out of unworthiness. We're stepping out of rejection. We're stepping out of victim. We're stepping out of abandonment. We're stepping out of occult. We're stepping out of witchcraft. We're stepping out of rebellion, which is the sin of witchcraft. We're, we're stepping out of, of religion. We're stepping out of pride. We're stepping out of false views of ourselves, of self-hatred. We're stepping out of those things in Jesus' name and we reject them in Jesus' name. All pride and man and nationalism go right now in Jesus' name. And we're stepping out. And here's what I want you to think. I've got this from Bill Johnson's supernatural power of a transformed mind. Here's what we're stepping into. Bringing the reality of heaven, not just the doctrine of heaven to all of our cities. Stepping into our lives, contradicting the way life works for most people in our city. In other words, where there's no hope, you bring hope. Where there's somebody that needs to go to the doctor, you actually bring the physical healing of Jesus Christ. Where there's no hope in a strategy or it just seems like there's a, a problem that's too great to, to overcome, you step in with creativity. To usher in, so this is what we're stepping into, ushering in the kingdom reality wherever we go. Stepping into seeing the way God sees. Stepping into receiving God's impressions, becoming a creative force to release God's expression of dominion on planet earth. Stepping in to destroy the works, to untie the works of the enemy so that the earthly reality matches heavenly reality. Stepping in to prove the will of God, not just in word, but in deed. Because we've been called not just to be declarers of the word, but demonstrators of the word. We're not here to, to, um, to give information, we're here to give revelation. Once stepping in to heal the sick, free those in slavery to sin, deliver those in captive to the enemy, bring joy where there is sadness, strength where there is weakness, explosive creativity and world-changing ideas and and inventions where there is a lack of invention. We're stepping in to causing the kingdom of God to be expressed on earth as it is in heaven. It's time to step in, folks. And if you're already in, step in more! Because there's always more. If you have any sickness in your body this morning, I want to invite you up. I want to lay hands on you. And our ministry team, we have a ministry team here who wants to lay hands on you and we want to see you healed. 
We want the reality of heaven right now to crash in. So if you've got sickness in your body, maybe you could come and sit over and stand over here. Okay, anybody that was sickness in your body, come over here. We're gonna believe God for breakthrough. We're believing God for breakout. That's the word. Ministry team, if you're not on today, but you, you, you have your badge and you're gonna come, please come. Is anyone, okay, if that's all of you, then we have to stretch out across the whole front, I suppose. Listen, this isn't a time for triumphalism. This is a time to step into Christ. Ministry team, you're stepping in in your authority in Christ and you're gonna command that thing out. Well, so we take authority. Lord, I thank you that you've given us authority over every spirit of infirmity, over every sickness and every disease. And so, Lord, we step into that place of authority where we're seated with you in heavenly places. I thank you for that, Lord. And we command all spirits of infirmity off everybody that's here in the mighty name of Jesus. Spirits of infirmity, go. We sever you and we cut you off. We rebuke you. The Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord push you out. Every spirit of infirmity has to leave everybody right now in Jesus name. Every spirit go in Jesus name and we bind up the spirit of infirmity and we loose it from you and we send it to Jesus and we release the life of heaven into your body right now in Jesus name. Kingdom of God come. Will of heavenly daddy be done. Kingdom of God come. We've just put the anointing on you right now. Guys, if, you, if you're praying, just put the anointing on them. Release the glory of God, the fire of God into them. Come and step into the reality of who you are in Christ. Thank you, Holy Spirit.